شهد الله أنه لا إله إلا هو والملائكة والملائكة وأولو العلم قائما بالقسط لا إله إلا هو العزيز الحكيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على عبده ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ما بعد فالحمد لله after a long break we're going to carry on from the book مثل الغاية والتقريب and we are on فصل في نفقة الزوجة and if you remember last lesson we took we we took the bab النفقات which was speaking about what you who you have to spend upon and we mentioned that there are three reasons for spending upon someone what were they again قرابة يعني relatives milk ownership and that includes slave and animals and الزوجة yeah, a wife, or a wife. Okay. Uh, so we took the, we spoke about the last, the, the first two in the first last lesson, and today we're going to speak about the one on the wife. As for the wife, then the wife it is obligatory upon the man to spend upon his wife. But what is obligatory? That's what we're going to speak about today, inshallah Taala. Does he have to give him a? Does does the husband have to give the wife a salary? Does he? He doesn't. Remember, the speaking about. Fasl bin so. What does he have to give to that wife? Uh, as for al-nafaqa, aslu al-nafaqa, then it's in the Qur'an and the Sunnah and the Ijma' of the Salaf. As for the Qur'an, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Qur'an, al-rijalu qawwamun ala nisa that the men are the caretakers of the women. Qawwamun ala nisa meaning they have been placed over the women to take care of them. Like the al-qawwam, is the same as the word, it comes from the similar word root as al-qayyum. Al-Qayyum, the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al-Hayyu Al-Qayyum. And it comes back to Al-Qiyam, to stand up, يعني, to, bring, to make something stand. Just like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what it means is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who makes and takes care, makes the heavens and the earth stand up, and He takes care of everything. Al-Qayyum. So just like in, in that word, that word is, is used for Al-Rijal, for the men. Al-Rijalu qawwamuna ala nisa they have been taken, they have been given the responsibility of taking care of the women. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave one a superiority over the other, and because also that Allah subhanahu wa that this man also spends from his wealth. So therefore that shows that it is obligatory upon the man to spend upon the, the wife. And also and he says, the one who has a child, يعني the man whose, whose wife gives birth to a child, لَهُ, the one who was given birth for, يعني the child was given birth for the man. And يعني the child is the man's, basically. Uh, they have to provide for them. And also their clothing, according to the customs. And there's many different ayat. As for the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, then you have the hadith of Hind, radiyallahu uh, taala anha, who became Muslim at the time of the battle or Fath Mecca, the conquest of Mecca, and she came complaining to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And Abu Sufyan, rajulun shahih, that Abu Sufyan was a man who was he wouldn't give money; he would, it would be a bit stingy. So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "خذي ما يكفيك أنت وولدك بالمعروف." Take what is enough for you and for your child according to the customs, according to ma'roof, what is known. The amount of money that you are allowed to take, the amount of money that you need, then take that without his permission. 
So that shows that it is obligatory upon the um, man to spend upon the wife. Then we have the hadith of Jabir radiallahu anhu. When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Fattakullaha fi nisa' Have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it comes to the women. فَإِنَّكُمْ أَخَذْتُمُوهُنَّ بِأَمَانَةِ اللَّهِ Because you've taken them according to the amana of Allah. And you've taken them by the, by the uh, responsibility that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed upon you. وَاسْتَحْلَلْتُمْ فُرُوجَهُنَّ بِكَلِمَةِ اللَّهِ And you have made their private parts halal for you by the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَكُمْ عَلَيْهِنَّ أَلَّا يُطْعْنَ فُرُوشَكُمْ أَحَدًا تَكْرَهُونَهُ and the right that you have upon them is that they don't let anyone into your house or into your, into your bed without your permission, yeah, into your room. A woman is not allowed to allow someone come, to come into the house without the permission of the husband. If she does that, then you're allowed to discipline them in a way that does not harm them uh, too much. And, and their rights upon you, so that's, really, that's our rights, I mean, the men's rights upon the women. As for their rights upon the men, is that you provide for them and you clothe them according to المعروف, the custom. And I've left behind something that if you hold on to it, you will never be misguided. And that is the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, I know that there is a jama'at, there's, there's a consensus amongst the scholars that the kiswa or the provision of the husband for the wife is an obligation that they must give. So the author, rahimahullah ta'ala, he goes on to say, فَصْلٌ فِي نَفَقَةِ الزَّوْجَةِ وَنَفَقَةُ الزَّوْجَةِ الْمُمَكِّنَةِ مِنْ نَفْسِهَا وَاجِبَةِ What's the ruling on spending upon your wife? You have to look, يعني, spend upon the wife. It is obligatory. If it is, but he puts a condition here. If you guys look at the book here, he says, وَزَوْجَةِ الْمُمَكِّنَةِ مِنْ نَفْسِهَا الْمُمَكِّنَةِ مِنْ نَفْسِهَا Meaning there's a condition for you to have to provide for them. And that is that they are not nashizah. What's nashuz again? Two things. That she doesn't do what? Uh, she doesn't go to the bed when you call her. And she leaves the house without permission. If she does one of these two things, then she has no provision. You don't have to provide for her. Remember we said that when we spoke about nashuz. Meaning the woman that is nashizah, you don't have to provide for her. No, you have to do qasm for her. You don't have to sleep with her. Uh, so the condition for her to be to deserve provision is that she is min nafsiha. She doesn't prevent the husband from his desires. Okay, and that's obviously the from the muqtada of the nikah, from the part and parcel of the contract of nikah. Part and parcel of the contract of nikah is that uh, the, the the man and woman are halal for each other. So therefore, you can't make it haram upon each other. And this is a principle in the Sharia actually. In contracts, when there is something that is a muqtada of the contract, it is part and parcel of that contract, then that can never not be part of it. For example, let me give you an example to make you understand. If someone gives you a gift, part and parcel of the contract of the gift, if I give you a gift and you take it, is that this thing is now your ownership. Therefore, am I allowed to say, take this gift, this is a gift to you, but do not sell it? Am I allowed to do that? I'm not allowed. Because part and parcel that you own it, and part of owning something is that you're allowed to sell it. So if someone gives you a gift, you're allowed to sell it. I'm allowed to say to someone, this is a gift. So don't give it to someone else. Don't give it to anyone after this, after me. Are you allowed to say that? You're not allowed. Why? Because it's part of the contract. طيب. I'm allowed to marry a woman. And say, and she puts a contract on the nikah saying, you marry me, but you can't touch me. You can't touch me. Is she allowed to do that? طيب, what if they do? Then that, con- that, 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 that 
clause of that contract is invalid. The gift still is is acceptable, but that clause is invalid. So you accept, okay, thank you for the gift, and then I can sell it. It doesn't. It doesn't. That clause has no, no, uh, no weight, no meaning. And the evidence for that is the Hadith of Barira. Hadith of Barira. The Bukhari mentions it a lot in his Sahih Bukhari, and Bukhari is an amazing book, Subhanallah. He mentions it a lot because it has many benefits. Ibn Hajar says that there's over 500 benefits of the Hadith of Barira. The Hadith of Barira is a is a woman slave. She was a slave, and she was going to be freed by Aisha. So Aisha radiallahu anha didn't own her, but there was a family who owned her. And Aisha wanted to free her. So he, she, when she went to free her, the family said, okay, you can free her, but the wala is for us. The wala is basically when you free a slave, you have a wala over them. So if they, if they die, that person you can, you can inherit from them possibly. And also they take your name and things like that. So you have their wala. Now, so they said, in the Sharia we know that part, part of the contract is that if someone frees you, then the wilaya is for who? The one who frees you, right? Not for the family. So they put a condition saying, the wilaya is for, for us. So the Prophet ﷺ heard about this. And he said, ما بال أقوامن يشترطون شروطا ليست في كتاب الله What's the problem with these people that are, they're putting conditions that are not in the book of Allah? Every condition that is not in the book of Allah, then it is invalid, even if it is 100 conditions. And the Prophet said, agree to their, their contract, and the wilaya is still for you. And he agreed to it, free her, but the wilaya is still for you. That's why the scholars, they differ now. If someone puts a contract, puts a um, condition that, is not, that goes against the, 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 the contract It goes against the actual aqd It goes against that, that thing The gift or wilaya or the wala Then is the valid contract still valid Or is it, in, is it invalid Or is it still valid But that clause is just invalid Okay So there's difference of opinion My scholars on that The point is here That the woman she is not allowed to prevent the uh, the man from touching her husband from touching her because it is part and parcel of the contract. And we give you that that qaida. What's the qaida again? That if something is part and parcel of the contract, then it cannot there cannot be a clause denying it. Alhamdulillah, sent. If there's if there's if there's something that's part and parcel of the contract, then there cannot be a clause denying it, right? Um, nah. Unless it changes the contract. If it changes the contract, then the contract becomes invalid. Okay. So how would you put this in example? Example, in nikah, uh, part of nikah is that the nikah is forever until the divorce, right? Someone says there's a condition for my nikah that is only for one month. That's muta, right? So it becomes invalid nikah because it changes the whole act into something else. It changes it from aqdul nikah to aqdul al muta, which is different. It changes the whole contract. Therefore, the contract is invalid. Or, for example, someone does nikah al tahlil They get married for in order for the person who divorced their wife three times. They marry that woman just to make her halal for that first wife, husband. Yeah, you know, because you can't marry her until she gets married again and then has sexual intercourse and gets divorced. Right? Remember, we took that. So then he does that just for that. And the Prophet said, Allah has cursed those who done this nikah al tahlil Therefore, the whole contract becomes invalid. The whole contract becomes invalid. So the difference is, إِذَا خَالَفَ الْعَقْدِ أَوْ حَقِيقَةَ الْعَقْدِ 
then the whole contract is invalid. Is invalid. The condition is invalid. Is that clear? It's a bit, a bit confusing, like in the principle, huh? Well, in the contract, the, the, she puts in that I don't want you to, I don't need you to feed me. She, she calls one of her rights. So now, if she, if she says that I don't need you to feed me, I don't need you to give me my provision, we say she's allowed to do that. But one day she comes and says, I want my money now. I want money now. Are you allowed to say no? That was part of the contract. No, no you have to give it to her. Unless you want to divorce her. Then you can divorce her. So then could that be the same with um, if the man's like, she gave up her right here, right? Mm. Um, and it's her right, so she can take whatever she wants. Mm. So if the man agrees to like, for example, if a woman puts a condition down that like, you can't marry another wife, uh, after maybe he accepts it, uh, with, it's, it's still his right. No. But it's not, it's, uh, but, uh, because it's wajib, one of them is wajib, one of them is not. Yeah. So the, the, the example, the question was that if now she puts, so the first question was if she, if he puts on, uh, on the contract that you don't have to provide for me, okay? Then we say that's valid, but one day if she wants her provision, then you have to provide for her from that day. And in the contract, the, 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 the condition has no weight again in that situation, because she can, she can just take her provision after that. Or he can just divorce her, so there's no problem there. Like, what about, but what the, the second brother was asking if, you, if she put a condition that you're not allowed to marry a second wife. That's different though, because if we consider that, that, valid, if the, we consider that, that clause or that condition to be valid, some scholars didn't consider it to be valid, like, and if you consider it to be valid, that you can't have a second wife, then you're allowed to have a second wife. And if you do have a second wife, then you went against that contract, therefore she has the choice of leaving the marriage now. She has, uh, the, 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 she's allowed to do first of the marriage. So that's to leave the marriage. So, nafaqatu zawj. So the provision is only wajib when she, when she, yani she's mumakinati min nafsiha. She, she gives the husband his rights. That is a it's valid, it's valid condition. Yani it's valid to say you can't have a second wife, it's a valid condition, inshallah. Wallahu a'ala. Wajiba. Wahiya muqaddara. How much does he have to provide for her? This is the Shafi'i madhab. We're going to see what they say. Ida kana zawju musira. If the husband is musir, yani the husband has money, he's rich. Famuddani min ghalibi, min ghalibi, min ghalibi qutihima. Then you have to give her two mud of what is the staple food of her. Or they're, they're both, they're, they're staple food of that land. Yani, you have to give, for example, in that, right, in that land they eat rice. So therefore you have to give every day two muds of rice to her. Okay, muddani min al-udmi wal kiswa. And also you have to give her yani, something to eat the rice with. You can't just give her dry rice. You have to give her something to eat the rice with, the sauce and stuff like that, and meat and stuff like that, right? Wal udmi. Wal kiswa. And also her clothing. As for the clothing, ma jarat bihi al According to customs. Yani whatever someone of her level in society wears, her level so her level in society is considered. And there's a there's a difference of opinion here amongst the scholars. Who is considered when it comes to this richness, this being rich or poor? Is it the husband or is it the wife? Meaning, if a husband is rich or is poor, and the wife comes from a rich family, then does the husband have to provide according to what he came from or according to what she came from? And what seems to be correct, Allah alam is that you have to provide from where she came from. Okay? And some scholars, they say in between. They say in between. The husband and wife. You, go, you look in between. If they're on the same level, then same level. If he's above and she's below, then in between. And the opposite, also in between. Like, Wallahu alam is from the, from the wife, and this is the opinion of some of my teachers. Wallahu alam. Al-Udm, you know? Ustaz, don't ask if this woman is a little bit large. Naam, you have to give her. 
if she's if she's a bit يعني يعني راج yeah yeah she needs that form she needs that form yeah we're gonna speak about that we're gonna speak about that now so we're just gonna read this first of all according to the custom of the people two mud is a lot to be honest two mud is a lot of food but if she if he is مُعْسِر if he is poor فَمُدٌ وَمَا يَأْتَدِ مَا يَأْتَدِمُ بِهِ الْمُعْسِرُونَ وَيَكْتَسُونَهُ then you only have to give one mud what's a mud a mud is a handful of food a handful of food and approximately if you if you um, uh, put it in a container then you you're looking at a, a container which is around 500 milliliters so if you get a bottle of one liter water cut it in half fill it up with rice that's approximately the amount okay of what the mud is so he said you have to give two mud if you're rich and half or one mud if you're poor. Okay? فَمُدٌ وَمَا يَعْتَدِمُ بِهِ الْمُعْسِرُونَ And whatever the poor people eat, that's what you have to give her. وَيَكْتَسُونَهُ And you have to give her clothing. وَإِن كَانَ مُتَوَسِّطًا And if he's in the middle, فَمُدٌ وَنِصْفٌ Then you give one mud and a half. So in between. وَمِنَ الْأُدْمِ وَالْكِسْوَةِ الْوَسَطِ And when it comes to the, what they eat with the rice and also what they clothe, then in the middle, according to someone who's in the middle of, of, of society, what they have. Wallahu alam, this is what the author rahimahullah ta'ala mentions. And uh, the evidence that they use is, is لينفق كل لينفق 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 Whoever is rich, then let him give from what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to him. ومن قدر عليه رزقه فلينفق مما آتاه الله. As for the one who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or his, his rizq is less, then let him give from what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him. So, that is what they use as an evidence for this. But what seems to be correct, Allah Alam, is that it's according to the Uf. All of this is according to the Uf. And we have a principle in the Sharia. And that is, وَالْعُرْفُ مَعْمُولٌ بِهِ إِذَا وَرَدْ حُكْمٌ مِنَ الشَّرْعِ الشَّرِيفِ لَمْ يُحَدْ That we use Uf, customs, is, is used when there is a ruling in the Sharia that hasn't been specifically defined. It hasn't been defined as a, an amount, the amount hasn't been defined. For example, now, someone, the Prophet وسلم, he said, Whoever believes in Allah and his last day, then let him honor his guest. What does it mean by honor his guest? Did the Sharia tell us how to honor our guest? It didn't tell us. So what do we do? According to our people, yeah, and your, your people, when, they, when a guest comes, you have certain customs, then do that. That's part of Iman. That you do those customs. That you honor them. You give them your bed. You give them food. You. These days you give them the Wi-Fi password as soon as they come in, right? These kind of things. You give them all of the things that are needed for a guest to consider for it to be considered to be ikram. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, min sa'ati, that you have to spend upon your wife, and he didn't mention one mood and half a mood. The scholars they took this from they've taken this from other qiyasat uh, and think from qiyas and they took it from other places. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Sharia and the Quran and Sunnah never mentioned how much you have to spend upon the wife, then we say that we use this ayah as a general thing. The one who's rich, then he has to spend according to the person who's rich. And the one who's poor, they have to spend according to the one who is the one who's poor, according to their level. Okay? Is that clear? So, the, it's according to Uf. So, so the, for that reason, the scholars, they even mentioned that, obviously, if you take the opinion that it's the wife who's considered her level. So, if the, if the wife is the one who's considered, then, for example, she comes from a family where they have maids. Then you have to provide for them a maid. If she comes from a family where she's used to wearing silk, then you have to provide for her 
silk. And if you're used to eating rice, then you have to provide for rice. Certain type of rice which is higher level, then you can't give the lower level of rice. Rather, you have to provide for them according to al-ma'roof. And what you have to provide for them is the housing and the basic needs. Meaning the maskan, the place to live, and the food, drink, and the basic needs, and, and the clothing. Is that clear? Those same things that we take in zakah. Remember? Right? We have to provide for them that. Uh, so according to what she's used to, according to her lifestyle, that is what she deserves and that's what she needs to get. Wallahu a'ala. Yeah. Who determines every single person determines himself what's either or do you go to someone of knowledge in the community? If it's not it's known in the community. It's known in the community. If it's not known if it's, if you now you don't know, then you go to the judge. The judge judges in that situation. What's the rich person called Musir. And Musir is the poor one. Okay? So that is when it comes to spending on the wife. As for anything else, then this is the minimum. By the way, when we, when we mention this in fiqh, we mention the minimum. Where if the person falls short of this, then she has rights of now complaining. Okay? If a person falls short of this. Like, do we say that the person should just give one with, give one with the set, stick to the minimum? No. We say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَعَاشِرُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ Live with your wives according to the good way. In a good way and according to the customs. Something that is acceptable, something that is going to make her happy. And the scholars, they mentioned that the generosity, the best type of generosity is number one, the generosity to your children and number two, generosity to your wife. Persons shouldn't be stingy when it comes to their wife. They should be someone who's generous, especially when it comes to their wife and children. Because that's the, uh, is the, one of the closest of your rahim, your closest of your family ties that we've been commanded to connect. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, tells us to connect our family ties. And obviously the, one of the closest ones is the wife and the children. So therefore being generous in this bab, in this uh, thing, is one of the most important things that a person should do. And this is just the minimal. This is just the minimal when, uh, when, when there's a dispute. Someone goes to a judge and says, he only gives me this, this, that. We look into the book. Okay, does, does, he, have gold? does he give what the book says that he has to give? Yes, okay, then you have no complaints. Yeah, and if you don't like it, then uh, that's the person that you married. Like, like in a person should be more generous generally. طيب, then he says, وَإِنْ أَعْصَرَ بِنَفَقَتِهَا فَلَهَا الْفَسْخُ وَكَذَا إِنْ أَعْصَرَ بِالصَّدَاقِ قَبْلَ الدُّخُولِ The last mess Allah here is now. If, no. uh, so we're not asking, um, you know this is the Bermanum. If it's the case that, let's just say, he loses his job, he's in like a period of like six months and he's running low in funds. This is exactly what we're going to take now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what, what happens basically? He's running, never got money. وَإِنْ أَعْصَرَ بِنَفَقَتِهَا If he becomes broke, he loses his money. Because he couldn't spend upon her. She was too, she, her lifestyle was different. Or he lost his job. Or whatever happened, happened. He lost his money. What is the ruling here? This is the majority of scholars. Imam Shafi'i, Malik, and Imam Ahmed, they say, She's allowed to leave the marriage in that situation. Because she now isn't getting her rights, right? And this is what was narrated by Dar Qutni uh, from Umar, uh, from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he was asked about a man, a man he became, he lost his money because he was not able to spend upon his wife. He said that you split up between them. Musa ibn al-Musayyib عن ذلك, Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib was asked about that. فقال يفرق بينهما that they are split between, they are separated. فقيل له سنة. It was said to Sa'id al-Musayyib, is this the Sunnah? فقال سنة. He said this is the Sunnah. 
قال الشافعي الشافعي رحمه الله تعالى يسد الذي يشبه قول ابن المسيب أنه سنة رسول الله صلى أنه سنة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ابن المسيب وهي means by this ruling is that this is the sunnah of the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم just like um, when a person is not able to sexually fulfill يعني we have that this narration in terms of narration it says that and also when it comes to the person who is not able to sexually fulfill the the, the desires of the wife then we also said, remember that she's allowed to leave because of that. So therefore they say that this is not, almost, is, might be as, uh, as important, or equally important to uh, that. يعني the, the, the inability to provide is equal to the inability to um, sexually uh, fulfill her desires. That's what some scholars and the Shafi'i and the majority of the scholars, they mention, Wallahu alam. Uh, as for the Imam Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah ta'ala, then he says, no, that is not a right that she has. Meaning if he loses his money, then she hasn't got that right. And this is the opinion that was taken by Sheikh Khalid al-Mushaykh. Hafizahullah ta'ala. Wallahu a'lam bil-sawab. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows which one is correct. Wallahu a'lam. Like in the Shafi'i, the majority of scholars, they say she has a right to leave. Yeah. Um, what if the period, this period of time is that short? Like, you can kind of tell because of the situation that... Yeah, no, it's taken to the, to the discretion of a judge. It's taken oh. to the discretion of the judge. فَلَهَا الْفَسْخِ فَوَكَذَا إِنْ عَصَرَ بِالصَّدَاقِ قَبْلَ الدُّخُولِ Also similarly, if he loses all of his money because of the mahar, the mahar was too much. So he, when he gave the mahar, it was too much and he, he lost his money, he didn't have any money after that, then she has the right to leave that marriage. وَاللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَىٰ أَعْلَمْ According to that. And she takes the mahar. And she takes the mahar. Uh, if he's unable to provide a future upkeep, for example, if he's able to provide for like a week, which can tell وهو غائب ولو ضمن النفقة ضامن بإذنه فقيل لها الفسخ وجزم به القاضي نعم they, they mentioned that um, if they are sure that he's going to become he's, not, he's going to lose his money then they have the, obviously it goes to the back to the judge all of that goes back to the judge نعم why did she take the mother back if she's initiated if she's initiated the divorce that no, it's not khul'i, it's fasq. It's different. Khul'i is different to fasq. Fasq is because she wasn't given her rights. That's the reason why she can take a mahar. As for khul'i, then she has to give it back because she... It wasn't about not having a right. It's just because she didn't like him. Right? That's what khul'i was about. Remember? Man kariha. Iza karihat khul'qahu aw khalqahu. If he hated the way he is or the way he looks. So when rights are not met, it's Yeah, fasq. When the rights are not given, then it's fasq. Yeah. So if he didn't satisfy her, then is that a khulu or is that a It depends. If it's because of the inability, inability, then it's fasq. Then she can go for fasq. If it's because it's just he hasn't got the the means, then it is a khulu if she wants. No. And does that fall under urf as well? No. As no. in like, um, example, if a person... Like a way that I would describe this would be, for example, if you're intimate with her like three times a week, but she wants more and you're busy and all that sort of stuff, does that count as her saying that? You're no, it's not according to urf, according to her need. 
It's not going to Earth, it's going to her need. Yeah, some some people are need more than others, right? Okay. Yeah. So the question was, is it according to Earth if she's satisfied or not? He said no. Her it's according to her need if she's satisfied or not. Faslun fil Hadana. And this is the last chapter that they take in Kitab al Nikah. Uh, and that is Al Hadana, which is custody of the children. Custody of the children. Who gets custody of the children? Um Wal Hadana is the hadith of it comes from the hadith of Amr ibn Shu'ib and Abihi and Jaddi and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam jaatum ra'atun faqalat a woman came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and said to him, Ya Rasulullah, inna bini hadha kana batni lahu wi'a. He said, This child, my 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 stomach was his covering. وَثَدِي لَهُ سِقَاءٌ And my breast was his drink. وَحِجْرِي لَهُ حَوَاءٌ And my, ch- my lap was where he used to sit. وَإِنَّ أَبَاهُ طَلَّقَنِي وَأَرَادَ أَنْ يَنْزِعَهُ مِنِّي And his fa- the father of this child has now divorced me and wants to take this child away from me. فَقَالَ لَهَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ So the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ said to her, أَنْتِ أَحَقُّ بِهِ مَا لَمْ the foundational ruling when it comes to the hadana is that it is given to the woman. Custody is given to the woman foundationally. The wilaya when it comes to hadana is for the woman. Remember we mentioned that uh, wilaya when it comes to nikah. Who gets the wilaya when it comes to nikah? The man. When it comes to the wealth, the man and the woman, both of them. They, have, they, they, they can both be wilaya over the wealth. And when it comes to hadana, then it primarily goes to the, to the mother first of all. Okay? Because the hadith You have more right to this child As long as you do not get married right? So therefore from this we have that, that, that principle So he says If a man leaves the, the wife And he has a child from her Meaning she has, they had a child together Then he has, she has more right to the hadana To the custody of this child Until seven years Meaning from, from below, below seven years, she has the right to that child. No one can take, her, uh, take the child away from her as long as she doesn't get married. The scholars, they mention seven years. Why? Because seven years is the age where they mention a child normally gets to the age of tamiz. Tamiz is with the ability to differentiate between good and bad. So a child normally when they, they're the age of seven, they can now differentiate between things. They know they can eat by themselves. They can go toilet by themselves and things like that generally. Some might be above, some might be below. So therefore we say, Wallahu alam, that the, 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 uh, the child now uh, being under the woman's care is until the age of tamiz, which is not necessarily seven. The, shaf- the madahib, shaf- Imam Shafi, Imam Ahmed, they mention seven. They mention seven. Like, Wallahu alam, what, si- what is more يعني, easier to uh, to understand, يعني, to have, to be clear, is... For us to say at the age of Tamiz, we say at the age of Tamiz when they because before they some child some children at the age of seven they still don't know what they're doing, and some children at the age of six they're very smart, right? So when they have the age of Tamiz, then this is uh, the age where the Hadana now the right or the right of the wife, it is now not only her right. We're going to see what happens, inshallah Taala. But generally seven is the correct age. So generally is seven. Generally it is. Wallahu um, ثُمَّ يُخَيَّرُ بَيْنَ أَبَوَيْهِ فَأَيُّهُمْ أَخْتَارَ سُلِّمَ إِلَيْهِ And then at the age of seven, the child is given a choice between the mother and the father. And so whoever he chooses, or whoever that child chooses, it, 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 the child is given to that person. That's because the hadith of 
Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu narrated anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam khayyara ghulaman bayna abihi wa ummihi. That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he gave a child a choice between the mother and the father. And obviously this is considered, this is um, uh, a general rule. This is a general rule. If now the judge sees a benefit in keeping it from keeping the child with one of the two parents, then the, the, the judge has that choice. For example, the father, um, there's a story they say that a, a child was asked mother or father. So he chose the father. And so they were shocked. Why did you choose the father? So he said, why did you choose the father? He said, because my mom doesn't let me play. And my father allows me to play. He doesn't care. You know, doesn't, you know some, some fathers don't really care about their children. They just let them do what they want. So he said, because I want to go play. So, so then the judge chose that you should go to your, your mother because the mother looks after her, him properly. So therefore we say that it can be now down to the discretion of the judge if they have a reason for that. For example, the father is not someone who is worthy of having a child or is not able to look after a child or someone who is a fasiq or he's a kafir, for example, is a non-Muslim or the mother is a non-Muslim. In that case, he will be taken to the, fa- to the father uh, and things like that. Okay? Uh, is that clear? Yeah. Hmm. I was just going to ask, can you translate uh, Tamiz to comprehension? Tamiz comprehension? Is that what translated there? No, I have translated it as well. Mm. Discernment. It says discernment here. This? It says discernment. Oh, discernment. Isn't it discernment? Discernment. Discernment. I think so. Allah Comprehension seems understandable. Yeah, no. Maybe comprehension. Yeah, I need the able, where they're able to comprehend things. Um, you said before, if... So the, the mother can keep the child unless she gets married. Mm. So what happens if she gets married? Then if she gets married, then the father has more right after that. The father has more right after that. So he says, وَشَرَائِطُ الْحَضَانَةِ سَبْعَةِ Now the conditions for someone to be given the child, we're going to mention this issue here. The conditions for the mother to be given the child is seven conditions. Number one, العقل. She has to be sane. So if she's insane, then obviously she doesn't have right to that child even below the age of seven. Okay? وَالْحُرِّيَّةِ Number two is freedom, because if she's a slave, then she has other responsibilities. Number two, number three is with deen, she has religion, meaning if she's a kafirah and the father is a Muslim, then the father takes that, that child, because we don't want a child to be raised upon kufr, upon disbelief. Yeah. So, what, how come he's mentioning deen and not Islam? Like, how places mention Islam? Uh, well, the author, he mentions, uh, he mentions uh, something here. It says, نعم كونها مسلمة إن كان الطفل مسلما بإسلامه بإسلام أبيه فلا حضان لكافرة على مسلم لأنه لا حظ له في تربيتها لأنها تغش تغشه doesn't mention exactly why why they mention deen instead of لكن على أي حال بس كله they do they do use the word deen الديانة of course لكن أو يعني you mean in terms of being a fasiq and things like that الله أعلم الله أعلم طيب then it says والعفة the next one is that she is a woman who is uh, Afifa, she's not someone who commits zina. She's not someone who commits zina. Okay. The next one is Wal Amana. She is, uh, she is trustworthy. Okay. She's trustworthy. The next one is she is Wal Min Zojin. That she hasn't got a, she hasn't got a husband because then she might be busy from that. Child with that husband because the husband might busy her from that child, and because the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "Anti ahqo bi ma lam tankhi," وَلِأَنَّهَا مَشْغُولَةٌ بِالزَّوْجِ فَيَتَضَرَّرُ الْوَلَدِ because she's busy with the husband, so the, the child is going to be uh, harmed because of that. وَلَا أَثَرَ لِرِضَى الزَّوْجِ بِذَلِكَ 
Even if the husband, the new husband says, it's okay, you can, I don't mind looking after the child, we say that she still doesn't have that right uh, because she got married. Uh, now. And the next one is, that she is muqeem, uh, she's not traveling. Yani she doesn't leave. So now, if a, if a woman, she wants to, if the man and the woman, they're both in the same country, or the same, same ballad, same place, and they, one of them wants to travel, then we say if there is no need for that travel, then the one who does not travel has more right to that child. The one who does not travel has more right to that child. Wallahu a'lam. And obviously that's if it's a long, a long travel. If it's a short travel and it's for a need, then, the, uh, then it still stay, stays with the mother. It still stays with the mother. If any one of these conditions are not there, then the wilaya, the hadana, the custody of that child is no longer given to her. Wallahu subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, um, you know, when you go to custody, are thinking about the mother takes him and the father doesn't see him until seven, or is it? No, no, no. It doesn't mean that the mother takes him and the father doesn't see him until seven, but we say that she looks after him. She, the child lives with the child, the mother lives with the child. And looks after him. And he lives with is basically uh, the 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 is based on is living the place of living. But you can still, but you can still see him. Go sleep with his father. No, of course, yes. If the mother allows, if the mother allows, yani the wilaya of the child is now under the mother. So, for example, if the child has wealth, who looks after that wealth? The mother, the one who's the hadina. Or, yeah, uh, just like if a, if a if a parent or the child if she if the child is disabled, for example. Uh, or the child has, has money Inheritance money Then she's the one who looks after that money She's the one who uh, is, the, is the wali of the child In those affairs mm. Then we go on to Kitabul Jinayat And this is the last part of fiqh Which is Kitabul Jinayat The part of fiqh which talks about criminal law And remember we mentioned at the beginning of the lessons That fiqh is split into how many parts? Four parts right? We have al-ibadat Which is acts of worship In which we take tahara Salah uh, zakah, siyam, and hajj. Then you have mu'amalat, which you've taken, buying and selling and transactions. Then you have nikah, uh, the marriage laws and everything that's con- p- pertaining to that. And we've taken that, we've just finished that now. And now we're in the last part, which is al jinayat, which speaks about the criminal laws, yani the crimes which are punishable in the sharia and how they're punished uh, and the details about that. That's generally what it speaks about. Then it goes into iman and nudur, things like oaths in, in court and who can be a judge and what's the evidence in the courts. We'll speak about that inshallah ta'ala. So al-jinayat generally they start with the crimes. And the first crime that they start with is al-qatil killing. So we're going to, we're going to take that inshallah ta'ala for a period of time here. So the author rahimahullah ta'ala he says al-qatilu ala darbain. Al-qatilu ala thalathati adrub. Sorry. That killing is uh, someone murders someone then it happens in two ways. Amdun, amdun mahd wa khata'un mahd wa amd, or three ways. Wa khata'un mahd wa amdu khata'. That there is a clear, purposely intentful murder. A clear a mistake in murder. And something which is in, the, in, in between. So let's just leave the book for now and let me, let me explain this to you, inshallah. When it comes to killing, we have two things. We have intention and we have 
the weapon. The intention and the weapon. يعني, let's, let's say here, for example, the intention. We know intention. He intended. The intention is intention to hit. Intention to hit someone. And number two, we have the weapon. يعني, a weapon which is which kills someone. Okay? If both of these are there, are present, then it's considered to be a purposeful murder. You've done it on purpose. And the rulings apply. If any one of these are missing, then it is amdu khata in between. For example, let me give you an example now. Someone he had an intention. Sorry, sorry. A person had a gun. He had a gun. And he was trying to shoot at a bird. But he shot a human being and he killed him. Here, did he have the weapon? He had the weapon, right? Did he have the intention? Then it's considered to be khata, a mistake. A full, those are the, the, the thing I said was a bit mistaken. Yeah, and it's considered to be a full mistake. Khata, okay? Because the intention wasn't there. Okay? So if the intention isn't there, then it's considered to be a khata, a complete mistake. If the intention is there, but the weapon isn't there, then it's considered to be amd khata. For example, I mean in the middle, يعني. for example, he wanted to hit someone. No, no, he wanted to hit someone, but he didn't have a weapon. He was just he slapped him and he died. He slapped him. So the weapon was a weapon that normally kills. If someone killed some, if someone slapped someone and he died, that's not considered to be amd, يعني, on purpose, because he had the intention to hit him, yes, but he didn't have the weapon. Therefore, we don't say that he tried to kill him. He tried to hit him in accident and he killed him, and he has his ruling. And if he has the, the 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 if he has so if he has the intention, if he has the intention to hit, and he doesn't have the weapon, then it's in, then it's in between. If he had the intention to hit and the weapon, then it's on purpose. And if he had no intention, then it's considered to be khata, complete mistake. For example, he had a gun, tried to shoot a bird, he shoot, shot a human being. Or he didn't even have a gun or bird or anything. He just, uh, يعني, threw a rock, a small rock, pebble. A small, a small pebble, a small rock that doesn't normally kill, threw it and he killed someone, then it's considered to be a mistake. Okay? Um, so, what about like, a situation where someone strangles someone to death? Strangling is a type of killing, it's a type of weapon. It's considered to be a type, anything that is kill, a thing that something that's used to kill, whether it be strangling, whether it be a position, or whether it be a weapon, or a rock, or throwing for, for, for someone off a cliff. So when Musa alayhi salam, when he accidentally punched him, he didn't intend to kill him. Mm. That came under khata. Ah, uh, and khata. Oh. It will come in the middle. Because he hit him, he intended to hit him, but he didn't intend to kill him. Mm. Um, you know, if you strangle someone and you do it to a case whereby they're knocked out, but they're actually down, because I can't murder, murder, and so... Naam. Because it's murder, murder, if you intended to do that. Please. Yes. It's a weapon. It's like someone getting a gun and trying to shoot someone in the leg, but he died. Still, that's important purpose. Because strangling is a way of killing. It's a weapon of killing. You consider it like that. It's like throwing someone off a cliff and he doesn't die. It obviously doesn't. It's not considered to be murder because he doesn't die. Like in, you didn't. Oh, you didn't intend to kill him, but you threw him off a cliff. Or you tried to shoot him in his head, but you didn't want to kill him. I wanted to make him paralyzed. <laughs> yeah. So let's just look at definitions. And يعمد إلى ضربه. So the intentional killing is and يعمد إلى ضربه بما يقتل غالبا. Is that he intended to hit him? بما يقتل غالبا with something that normally it kills. 
فيقصد قتله بذلك and he intended to kill that person with that فيجب القواد then in that case القواد is, is واجب القواد القواد is execution that's the punishment of it that the person who does that intentionally killing then his punishment is execution فإن عفي عنه if he's not forgiven by the ولاية because Allah subhanahu the wali because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says ومن قتل مظلوما فقد جعلنا لوليه سلطانا that whoever is killed oppression in out of oppression, then we have given the wali of that person, sultan and authority. What's the authority? That they have a choice in how that person is punished. Either that person is executed, or they are forgiven, or they play, they, 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 the blood money is given to the family. Okay? Those are the three options. So he says, that qawad is obligatory. Uh, that the person must be executed. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَلَكُمْ فِي الْقِصَاصِ حَيَاتٌ يَا أُولِ الْأَلْبَابِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ That you have, uh, oh you people of, of intellect, that you have life in qisas. Qisas meaning, a person who kills someone, he is executed. And it gives you life. Why does it give you life? Because when someone is executed from killing, then it, 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 it deters other people from doing such a crime. Therefore it saves many lives. So Allah says, وَلَكُمْ فِي الْقِصَاصِ حَيَاتٌ in, in execution there is life. How? Because when someone is executed for committing such a crime, then it saves thousands of people's lives. And some of the scholars, they mentioned that there was a city where stealing was not known. Stealing, stealing was very, very known. And no one's hand was cut off because of that. Then when one person's hand was cut off, there was no stealing in that city for 50 years. Why? Because they knew the punishment of such a thing. And we know that as a children, yani, a lot of us as children, you might have grew up where someone said, if you lie, your tongue's going to get cut off. Even that's not part of it. We're not going to take that. That's not in it. But يعني, we knew that if you, if you, if you steal, your hand is going to get chopped off. So you, you'll be scared to steal, right? So it has, it's, it's used as a deterrent in that situation uh, for that. You understand? So that's the point of that. وَلَكُمْ فِي الْقَصَاصِ حَيَاتٌ Also we have وَكَتَبْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ فِيهَا أَنَّ النَّفْسَ بِالنَّفْسِ وَالْعَيْنَ بِالْعَيْنِ وَالْأَنْفَ بِالْأَنْفِ وَالْأُذُنَ بِالْأُذِنِ وَالسِّنَّ بِالسِّنِّ وَالْجُرُوحَ قِصَاصِ That we have written in the Torah for the Jews that a soul for a soul. Someone is executed, then that family have the right to take his uh, to a court where he is also executed. Now, what if he repented to Allah? Like, no. Does that play with anything or just? No. If someone uh, someone uh, kills someone and then he repents to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, then he has. When someone kills someone, may Allah Subhanahu wa Taala protect us from such an evil evil deed. When someone kills someone, he has taken three rights. Three rights. You've taken the right of Allah by sinning. You've taken the right of the person you've killed. Because you've taken his life without a right. And you've taken the life of um, the right of the family. You've killed someone else's family member. Tayyip. If you, rep- if you repent, which of these rights have you given back? All of them? No, only Allah's right. So there's two rights left still. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves justice, right? There's still justice left to be given. So now there's the family. The family, they say, execute this person. So you've given the right of the family. Or they say, give us the money. So you're given their right. Or they say we forgive you. So you're given their right. Yawm al-Qiyamah, they're still that person's right. Even if a person repents. Yawm al-Qiyamah, you'll still be accountable for it. Lakin, we say that on the day of judgment, if a person does commit for that, that such a sin and he repents, then maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give that person who was killed his rights without taking a right from you. Yani instead of taking your good deeds, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make him pleased. Say, okay, it will make him pleased and happy by giving him a higher level in Jannah. And so if, he, if you, we're going to give you a high, Allah will give you a high level in Jannah And this person, you'll be forgiven If that's okay, then you'll be given that And no doubt you'll accept whatever Allah gives him That clear? Mm-hmm. No, go on, go on, ask, ask, ask. What, what if 
see the family say, oh no, I want, obviously the guy who's killed my brother, I want you know, him to be dead. So that's not aggressive, but you know, obviously kill him. Uh, what, be does that still be brought up in Yom Al-Qiyamah, even though he paid the price? Yes, even Yom Al-Qiyamah still be brought up. But he's been executed, so... He'll still be, you, you forgot one person's right. You've given back the right of Allah, you've given back the right of family, but that person you've killed, you haven't given his right. That's why Abu Sa'id al-Khudri said, Whoever is able to come on the day of judgment and he hasn't spilled a, a, a drop of blood, then let him come like that. Because blood is something that is serious. The Prophet said, The first thing that's going to be given, that's going to be made, that's going to be judged between the slaves is the blood, the blood. That's why blood is not something that's minor. It comes always, even comes to aqeedah of Ahl Sunnah. Aqeedah, not just fiqh. We learn about the blood of the Muslims in aqeedah. But we say that the blood of the Muslim is sacred. That is not allowed to be spilled. And whoever believes that it's allowed to be spilled, these are the khawarij. Those people who bomb people for no reason. Because they, and, they, and we say that these people are deviated. They are part of the people who deserve the hellfire as a, because they believe that it's allowed to spill blood. It's a serious matter. And we even, even in other parts of aqeedah, we are not allowed to rebel against a Muslim leader. Why? Because when you rebel against the Muslim leader, he's going to kill all the other people. He's going to kill the whole city. He's going to kill everyone. But why? Just because of the blood. When Imam Ahmed, ta'ala, they came to him and they asked him, to the Imam, should we not rebel against the Mu'tazila, the leader who was saying the Quran was created, and he's punishing all the scholars and killing scholars because they're saying the Quran is not created. It's not created. The Mu'tazila say it's created. Imam Ahmed and people of Sunnah, they were saying, no, it's not created. So should we rebel against them? What did Imam Ahmed say? He said, Addima, Addima, the blood, the blood. Be careful of the blood. Don't, don't rebel. Why? Because of the blood. So blood is something that is very, 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 very serious in the Sharia. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, من أجل ذلك كتبنا على بني إسرائيل أنه من قتل نفسا بغير نفس whoever kills someone without any without any right فكأنما قتل الناس جميعا it's as if he has killed all of human beings والذين لا يقتلون النفس التي حرم الله Allah says about the slaves of Allah they're the ones who do not kill anyone and it's something that is huge يعني it needs to be engrossed into the hearts of the Muslims that blood is something that is sacred the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said in حجة الوداع the last حج farewell حج he said to his companions where, what month are we in? In the Hijjah. Where are we in Mecca? And he said, what day are we in? Yom, Yom al-Nahr. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi These are three sacred things. Huh? The month of the Hijjah is sacred. Mecca is sacred. The tenth day of the Hijjah is sacred. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi said, فَإِنَّ دِمَاءَكُمْ وَأَمْوَالَكُمْ وَعَرَاضَكُمْ حَرَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ كَحُرْمَةِ يَوْمِكُمْ هَذَا فِي شَهْرِكُمْ هَذَا فِي بَلَدِكُمْ هَذَا That your blood, your blood, and your wealth, and your honor, your, everyone, all the Muslims' honor, is sacred. It's sacred just like this day and this month and this place that we're in. And Ibn Ibn Majah narrated in the hadith Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu looked at the Ka'bah and he said إِنَّكِ مَا أَطْيَبَكِ وَأَطْيَبِ وَأَطْيَبَ رِيحَكِ How beautiful you are and how beautiful your smell is to the Ka'bah. And he said, فَوَاللَّهِ بَأَسْوَيْ بَيَ اللَّهِ دَمُ مُرِئٍ مُسْلِمٍ أَعْظَمُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ حُرْمَةِ That the blood of the Muslim is more sacred to the Ka'bah. More sacred than the Ka'bah. The blood of the Muslim is more sacred. So the point is that this uh, thing is not something that's small, something huge. Even if a person repents, يعني, that's how bad it is. Someone repents, he's still on the day of judgment, Yom Al-Qiyamah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still has to give that person that right. Still will give that person that right. right? Mm. So, two questions. One of them is that, for example, you know your usage of the ayah, or Katabina, no, um. Min Ajli Dalek, Katabina, Alabin Israel. Is this legislation, how do we then use this for? Sharia, when Allah says, no. made it, because there's, there's a principle in the Sharia saying that uh, is Sharu Lana, Sharu Man Kabilana, Sharu Lana, is the Sharia of the people before us a Sharia for us as well? 
And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned it in the Quran, then no doubt it is a sharia for us as well. It's a sharia for us as well. If he mentioned it in the Quran. Like, Unless there is something that goes against it. Just like, uh, for example, a sept that's mentioned that the Saturday of them. It's sacred. Yeah. Unless there is something that goes against it. So what goes against it? Jum'ah. The fact that Allah, the Prophet said, But generally, for example, sujood. When Yusuf, in Quran, they done sujood to Yusuf. If there was nothing to say that the sujood is not allowed, we would say it's allowed. But there's something to say the sujood is not allowed. In the hadith of the Prophet that we only do sujood if it was to permit sujood for anyone or permit sujood for the, hus- the wife to the husband. But it doesn't permit anyone. Okay. You understand? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the second question that I wanted to ask is that just like, for example, the murderer, um, he cannot fulfill the right of the one he's murdered. Mm. And so even if he gets killed and he repents, there's still the sin of the person or the right of the person still on him. If we change the case whereby, for example, you've robbed from someone, or that, for example, uh, you've done zina with someone, do you then you go back seek their forgiveness because you've taken their right, their thing? As for robbed someone, then yes, you have to go give their rights back as well. As for zina, then no, that's, then this is rape, it's different. Zina is, is between two people. It's not someone else's right they've taken. Yeah, they've mutually, mutually consented. Well, ayyad billah. Not allowed. Like in sin. It's not a right. Yeah. So you have to give back the right. Yeah. That's what's robbing or sinning. Yeah, ishkan. Tayyip. Um, was there a question? Yeah. Um, so we said, al-qatil, al-amd. Killing someone on purpose. Qatilahu fiqsida, qatilahu bidalika fayajibu al-qawad. Then qawad is obligatory. Why? The qawad is the qisas. Qawad is qisas. Meaning, a person is uh, executed, and that is the right of the family. Meaning, they can they can choose for the person to be executed. Okay, they can choose to forgive the person, or they can choose for to take the diya. فَإِنْ عُفِيَ عَنْهُ وَجَبَتْ دِيَةٌ مُغَلَّظَةٌ فِي مَالِ الْقَاتِلِ He said that if the person is now forgiven, then they have to give the diya مُغَلَّظَةٌ فِي مَالِ الْقَاتِلِ That the, the diya has to be given from right there and then um, from the wealth of the one who killed. From the wealth of the one who killed. Uh, what is the diya? The diya is 100 camels. The diya is 100 camels. Okay? 100 camels is equal to, uh, today from what I know in Saudi Arabia, is around 300,000 pounds. Uh, 300,000, sorry, real. Which is around 50,000 pounds. Uh, something like that. Uh, as for the dia, then there's two types of dia. There is uh, the dia, which is mughallada, um, and there is dia, which is mukhafafa. As for the dia, which is mughallada, then it is 30 hiqqa. Hiqqa? 30, what do you mean that? And zakah. 30 hiqqa, and 30 jada'a, and 40 khilfa. وَمَا صَالِحُوا عَلَيْهِ فَهُوَ لَهُمْ وَذَلِكَ لِتَشْدِيدِ الْعَقِلِ Okay, al-aqal. Um, so that is 30 hiqqa, meaning camels which are at the age of 3, and, thir- and jada'ah, which are camels at the age of 4, and which is khilfa, uh, and the rest are pregnant, 40, 40 pregnant camels. Pregnant camels. Tayyip? Is that clear? And that's because the hadith, مَنْ قَتَلَ مُتَعَمِّدًا دُفِعَ مَنْ قُتِلَ مُتَعَمِّدًا دُفِعَ إِلَى أَوْلِيَاءِ الْمَقْتُولِ فَإِنْ شَاءُوا قَتَلُوا وَإِنْ شَاءُوا أَخَذُوا الدِّيَةِ وَهِيَ ثَلَاثُونَ حِقَّةً وَثَلَاثُونَ جَذَعَةً وَأَرْبَعُونَ خِلْفَةً وَمَا صَالَحُوا عَلَيْهِ فَهُوَ لَهُمْ وَذَلِكَ لِتَشْدِيدِ الْعَقْلِ 
راهو الترمذي ازمرت بعد الترمذي ذات از ذا الديه المغلظه فور سمون هو كيلز اون بيربس اسود نعم
And here what we're speaking about here is wadiyatun musallamatun ila ahli. You still have to pay the diyah. Because why? Why? Because here now, you've taken the right of Allah. Have you taken the right of Allah here? No. No, you haven't. But you've still taken the right of? The family. The family only. Because that person was accident. So you're not going to be held accountable even on the day of judgment. You've only, only the family. Just like if your, your child was to go and break someone's window, you have to pay for it. If you were to break someone's window by accident, you have to pay for it. Just like that, if you kill someone, you have to pay for him. A human being has that, has that hurma, right? He has to be, you have to pay for it, even if it's an accident, even if you're sleeping. Even if you're sleeping, accidental, you still have to pay for it. Because this comes under al-itlafat, things that you accidentally break. Someone breaks someone else's cup, you have to pay for that cup, right? Even if it's an accident, even if that person doesn't know what's happening. طيب. So therefore the diya is still there The diya still has to be given But it's upon the aqila Meaning the family of the one who killed Meaning if someone kills someone Then who has to pay the diya? Who has to pay the diya? The family The family Meaning every single person of the family Is obliged to give a portion Mu'ajjala over three years So every year they say Every member of the family pays £20, for example, £100, £500 every year. So for three years, they're allowed to split it over that time, and they're allowed to give it uh, over that time. طيب, what is diya al-mukhaffafa? The light diya, which is it's still bi'atibar al-takhmis. It has to be in, in 100 camels still. It's still 100 camels. فَتَجِبُ عِشْرُونَ بِنْتَ مَخَابُ Then you have to give 20 bint makhab, which is a one-year-old she-camel. وَعِشْرُونَ بِنْتَ لَبُونَ And 20 two-year-old camels. وَعِشْرُونَ إِبْنُ لَبُونَ And 22-year-old male camels وَعِشْرُونَ حِقَّةً And 23-year-old camels وَعِشْرُونَ جَذَعَةً And 24-year-old camels Is that clear? Can you repeat بِنْتُ لَبُونَ and إِبْنُ لَبُونَ Bint Laboon is 22-year-old she camels And Bint Laboon is 20 Two year old, he camels, male camels. Yeah. So that's the free slave. Uh, the three years old. Yeah. And it has to be paid by his whole family. Yeah, whole family. That's his immediate family. No, his tribe. His tribe. The male of the tribe. Cousins. Hakad al Hadith. Because he's done it by accident. And it's a, it's a large idea. And generally, you find that the culture is that when someone kills someone, uh, so even if it's by accident, then the other family, they don't just hold that one person accountable. They hold the whole family accountable. That's it. Because of that as well. That's generally speaking amongst cultures. Over three years. Over three years, yeah. Where does that extended tribe cut off? Yeah, in the whole tribe. It's the whole tribe. Yeah, in the, the immediate tribe. Like so today, where would that be? Because we don't live in tribes now. يعني family you say family Allah will cut off the aqila Allah will cut off get no يعني it doesn't have to be someone like that but someone can pay it نعم طيب yes even if he's majnoon majnoon the family still pay and there's a lot left huh? no there's not a lot left alhamdulillah okay we'll stop it here stop it over there وعمدل خطأ if someone does it عمدل خطأ safe so you're talking about someone does Muay Thai Huh? He do that, right? <laughs> he does, he fights. He fights, okay? And he's, but he's not Muay Thai, sorry, because he's training. But he's actually fighting. It's an actual real fight. Street fighting. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a private joke. The brother says, <laughs> it's a private joke. Someone says, what, what, what um, martial arts do you do? Someone said, street fights. 
Uh, someone is a fight. Someone's fighting. Okay, he does. Someone does a fight. It was a joke. He and he accidentally kills someone because he. What did he? What, what did he have here? He had the intention to hit him, but he didn't have the weapon. So he slapped someone and he died. Does slap normally kill? No. As opposed to someone who's driving, he hit someone by a car on purpose. Does that car normally kill? Yes. Car does normally kill. And someone's going 100 miles per hour. Oh, I'll be using car. You understand? Or, for example, someone has a gun. Does that normally kill? Yes, it does. But someone has a knife, for example, does normally kill? Yes. Someone hits, punch someone. Does that normally kill? No. Therefore, if someone punches someone, he intended to punch someone. He was fighting him. But he intended to punch him, but he didn't intend to kill him. Because we don't see any weapon or any clear uh, usage of something that kills. Whether it be strangling, whether it be throwing someone off a building, all of that kills normally. But if something that does not norm- normally kill, then we say that this is amdu khata. This is in between. So when we said when there's amd, when there's intention, intentional killing is with the intention and the weapon. Unintentional killing is when there's no intention. In the middle is, amdu khata is, when there is a weapon, when there is an intention, but no weapon. Is that clear? And he dies. And yaqsida darbahu bima la yaqtulu ghaliban fayamut. Someone hit someone, he intended to hit someone with something that doesn't normally kill. And so that person dies. Fala qawada alayhi. There's no execution there. No execution. So the execution only where? Al-amd. The intention one. The intentional killing. Bal tajibu diyatun mughallazah ala al-aqilati mu'ajjalah. Rather, you have to give the heavy dia, the dia mughallada, which was 40, 40 and 20, right? Ala al upon the family, mu'ajjala, over three, over three years, okay? That's the difference in rulings. Wa shara'itu wujub al-qisas arba'a. So the, intent, the, 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 the conditions when it comes to the qisas being obligatory are four. There's four conditions for qisas to be obligatory, yani execution. أن يكون القاتل بالغا that the one who you killed he was at the age of puberty عاقلا he was sane ولا يكون والدا للمقتول and he cannot be the father why the father is not killed for the son so if a father kills his son he's not he's not executed and is okay if the father kills the son then he's not executed هكذا that's how because the Sharia in the Hadith of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يقتل والد للولد that the father is not executed for the, for the son. وَأَلَّا يَكُونَ الْمَقْتُولُ أَنْقَصَ مِنَ الْقَاتِلِ بِكُفْرٍ أَوْ And the one who uh, killed, he is not. The one who was killed, also in the same hadith we say that the Muslim is not killed for the kafir. So if a Muslim kills a kafir, then he's not killed, not executed. But rather he has to pay the other uh, rulings. He has other rulings, but he's not executed in the sharia for that. Or uh, slavery And the slavery one Wallahu alam The scholars they mentioned that, that one's weak So it's just the kafir And also the father Is not killed for the son Taib um, Those are the conditions For the execution The judge decides And according to the judge What he decides And the judge can The judge can do ta'zir by execution He can Say for example like You're defending yourself Or you're defending your house mm. Defending your house now, this comes, we're going to take it in chapter called Babu Asail, which is the chapter of someone who's been attacked. And we know the hadith of the Prophet, who 
whoever is killed defending his, wa- his, his wealth, then he's a shaheed. And whoever is a martyr. And whoever is killed defending his whoever is killed defending his honor, then he's a shaheed. And whoever is killed defending his family and his, and his house, then he's a shaheed. So if someone is killed during that, defending themselves, then they are shaheed. Therefore, if someone kills someone else by accident, because he was defending himself, then he's not considered accountable at all. And he doesn't have to pay the dia, and he doesn't have to pay anything at all. He's not accountable at all. Not in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not in front of the courts. I mean, remember, if you kill someone by accident, you still have to pay money, right? In this case, a sa'il, you don't have to pay anything. Because hadar, his blood is halal. Because he's trying to kill you. His blood is halal, as they say. No. Uh, one quick question and another quick question. Uh, you said that his honor, what is that referred to? Is that when they're trying to sexually assault? His wife, yeah. Yeah, wife, his wife. Oh, okay, okay. Not sexually assault, his wife, generally. Okay. Or his family. As in, like, if you catch another man inside your house? No. Yeah, and he's trying to, they're trying to attack your family. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, the other question I have is, you know, for example, Qisas here is not necessarily the, like, UK-wise, it's not the same Islamic Qisas. So if you, uh, like if you was to commit a crime here, then run away. Do you have to come back and get justice done you here, or no? Yeah, and if someone commits a crime in the UK and then he runs away, did you have to come back to get justice to put, go to prison? No, he doesn't have to. That's not the Sharia of Allah. You have to go to the Sharia of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. If they wherever they apply it. Okay. Mm. Said so, so. If a person is coming, is coming to kill you in your home. Mm. Is there like a hadith which you can finish up with you can finish up until you kill them? They say Billati Ahsan. Billati Ahsan. Billati Ahsan, I want to say. According to what's needed. Whatever's needed. And if, it's, if you have to defend yourself until the point that that person is, uh, has to be يعني, put down, then you're allowed to do that as well. It is not, if, but according to what is needed. So let's, let's say the person was running away and had to go after him. Let's say if you know that he's going to come back later and try and kill you. No, Allah, I don't know. That's, that's different. Mm. Or for example, someone is a child. There's a child, he's about to take one pound from me. You're not allowed to kill the child. I know, I'm talking about I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the, I'm giving you the, the point. I'm giving you the point here. So it's according to what's needed. You understand? According to what's needed. Whatever's needed is needed then. Someone's going to go. Then you defend yourself. You don't go chase them. You wait for them to defend yourself. Mm. So Say someone's attacking you, but you don't want them to have a weapon. But you anticipate the worst case scenario. Then you're not accountable for that. So you attack them with a weapon because you assume they have a weapon. No, if someone's attacking you, then you assume they have a weapon. Then you're not accountable for that. Even if you don't see the weapon. Even if you don't see it, you're not accountable for that. As long as you do it according to ability action again, what's needed. So not something necessary force. Nah, as they say in the UK, eh? according to necessary force. Yeah, and it's a child again. What I said, same thing. Or someone like someone who's not really gonna do much. Then you're not allowed, you're not allowed to, and you'll be held accountable for that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you don't have to hold the punishment in this country, but how does that go in line with abiding by the law of the land? Because the law to take the punishment for the crime No, he's talking about in terms of taking it in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like, يعني, for you to be, to have taken the, the, the punishment. For you to have taken the punishment that Allah has legislated, you have to come back to here. Like if someone goes to a different country and then he says they say he says to them that I've committed this crime, therefore punish me for this, then you're allowed to do that. But as for now, as for now coming back here for twenty, Allah even abided by the law of the land, and that situation wouldn't apply. So if you're due to be punished in this land, then you would run away. You're not sinning. You're not sinning, inshallah.
Because the rule of the, this land, because the rule of this land is haram, the rule of Allah is the one they have to abide for. Thereby, any therefore any other rule is as haram, right? Any other rule to apply is haram. So they're applying haram rule upon you. So you don't have to abide by that. There's no rule of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I didn't say that, no. <laughs> I'm saying in a situation. No, no, no. I'm saying in a situation, in a situation where their rule goes against the ruling of Allah, then yes, you don't have to abide by it. If their rule goes against the ruling of Allah, then you don't have to abide by it. Like in going, do you have to abide by taking a bus and you have to pay the ticket? Of course you have to. You understand? Like if their ruling goes against the ruling of Allah. They, their punishment for the crime is different to the punishment of Allah. You don't have to abide by their crime. You abide by the ruling of Allah, though. You have to. Yeah. And the last question I have is that you know, if someone's entered your house mm-hmm. before you know, because you're, you're anticipating that they are gonna harm, mm-hmm. but you don't see anything from them and you preemptively strike them, are you now under. No, because the Prophet said, if someone looks into your house and you hit their eye and the eye comes out, then you're not going <laughs> He looks into someone's house, he looks into your house, and you you poke his eye and his eye comes out, then you're not holding accountable for that. No. So. <laughs> so you said um, when you kill someone, you've taken three rights. Mm. So um, by giving a you fulfilled Allah's right. Yeah. So and the family is right. Okay. Mm. So say for example you killed someone in England mm. and you're trying to escape to go to another country to to fulfill Allah's right, but then you get present here. Mm. So you can't fulfill Allah's right. So how does that work? You have to repent. The only way you can do that is repent. And the family still have a right upon you. Yani if someone kills someone here in this country, for example, they still have to pay the blood money. Even if they go to prison, they still have to pay the blood money as well. Okay. I right, quickly last three questions. Yeah. Uh, similar on that question. So, um, say if the family don't get that right, but they get the right on. They'll get the right on Yom Al Qiyamah. Yeah. Yeah. So, get twice. No. Two rights. Two rights on the Yom Al Qiyamah. That's like. Can't there's someone asked me a question. For example, let's say you have a child, uh, you're the wali, and they commit uh, apostasy, and you take them to a Muslim country, can the, can the law be a part of them? If they've committed and like all the pictures been established against them. The Muslim court does it, then they can do it. The Muslim court can do it. As you purposely take them, for example, I, I'm here, I live here, and I take them specifically somewhere, I know they're going to crash for it. This guy's trying to trap me, bro. Allah. Sheikh Al Bani was asked that if a person does zina, is he allowed to go to another country to have the had done on him? What did he say? He said, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't, of course, the zina is different, though. Oh, okay. Zina is different because you shouldn't admit to zina. Someone does zina, you should admit to it. It's a sin, private so sin. Murder, you should admit to it. You have to. La la la. is different. You can give the right. Like in zina, you shouldn't admit to it because it's a sin. That's a private sin. Someone shouldn't be exposed for zina. Even if you commit the zina, you shouldn't be exposed for it. You shouldn't be told or spread or anything like that. That's why they say that you should. That's wrong. To and Sheikh Baz asked someone, he's committed zina. Should I go to court? In Saudi Arabia, no. Stay at home. You ask Allah to forgive you. That's it. You haven't taken anyone's right. Murder, you've taken someone's right now. What are the types of camels that are in the heavy deer? Remember what are they? The three-year-old and the four-year-old. Four-year-old, four-year-old and four-year-old, three-year-old and 20 pregnant. And 20 pregnant. So we have the jada'a, al-hiqqa, 40 hiqqa, 40 jada'a and 20 pregnant. Now, this is a question they can ask. Last thing. وَيُقْتَلُ الْجَمَاعَةُ بِالْوَاحِدِ وَكُلُّ شَخْصٍ جَرَى الْقِصَاصُ بَيْنَهُمَا فِي النَّفْسِ يَجْرِي بَيْنَهُمَا 
fil atraf and that's something different so we'll take the, this last mas'ala and this last mas'ala is ويقتل الجماعة بالواحد that a jama'a a group of people are executed because of a, uh, one person يعني what do they call it in UK? joint enterprise so if so huh? yeah maybe yeah, Allah I'll stop I shouldn't use their, their terminology like just to make it a bit more clear يعني these if, if someone as Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu anhu said if the people of Sana'a all of them they were together together to kill one person they will execute all of them because they all joined together to kill one person so therefore if a group of people they come together to kill one person even if they all, all of them weren't the one who actually committed the actual murder then all of them are executed this because also the hadith of Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhu um, where he said uh, he said وقتل وقتل عمر رضي الله عنه سبعة أو خمسة من أهل صنعاء اليمن بواحد عمر رضي الله عنه he executed seven or five people because of one person who was killed and he says لو توالى عليه أهل صنعاء لقتلتهم به if all of the people of صنعاء came together they would all have been executed وقتل علي رضي الله عنه ثلاثة ثلاثة بواحد علي رضي الله عنه he executed three because they killed one وقتل المغيرة سبعة بواحد المغيرة seven for one وقال ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما إذا قتل جماعة واحدا if a group of people they kill someone قتلوا قتلوا به ولو كانوا مئة they all executed even they were hundred ولم ينكر عليهم أحد فكان ذلك إجماعا and this was إجماع and they also used that for عثمان رضي الله عنه when all of the خوارج they came to kill عثمان then all of them they deserved and they were they were they were going to be killed and they were over five hundred six hundred of them who killed Uthman and all of them were being looked for and sought after by the companions and that's why the fitna happened between Ali and Muawiyah because all of those people they were being sought for for killing one person that is who Uthman radiyallahu anhu and this is something that there is ijma upon wallahu subhanahu wa ta'ala a'lam wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa